At some point, the Los Angeles Chargers will make superstar quarterback Justin Herbert the highest paid player in NFL history, and the sooner they get it done, the better. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And today we're getting into a Chargers mailbag, starting with one of the most important things of the offseason. Getting Justin Herbert's contract extended. Nobody wants to see a Lamar Jackson situation play out in Los Angeles. Get it done because the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost him. Pretty much no matter what, he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL when he gets that deal done. Why wait for Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and other guys to raise the market, especially when guys like Daniel Jones now are making $40 million a year. But we're also going to be getting into some of our draft preferences, right? Hoping that the Chargers potentially trade down. And also a do not draft list, someone that we do not want the Chargers to take with the 21st overall pick. And we're going to get into that, but it always as you know, starts with Justin Herbert when you're talking about the Chargers, David, because he's the most important player. The Chargers got it right with the pick at sixth overall in 2020. And now is the first time they're allowed to give him that gigantic extension, right? The sooner you get it done, the better. But it goes to one of our first Twitter questions here from Ron Parker, who asks, Do you think it's better to get Herbert's contract done before Burrow and Hurts? Doesn't matter. And I would say Yes. A hundred thousand percent. Yes, it definitely matters. This is a situation to where you need to get this contract done as soon as possible, because the more contracts that get uh, doled out to guys like Hertz and Burrow, that's just going to reset the market and they're going to get paid. And Herbert's going to expect even more money because that's the business side of the NFL. So the sooner you get that contract done, the better. You know, just set it and forget it. Get it done and don't worry about it anymore. I mean, it's basically a blank check for me. And as long as they can get the deal done, the better. I mean, Patrick Mahomes deal, right? You know, 10 seasons and getting locked in at that price for the next 10 years with the salary cap going up every year. But yeah, I mean, you're already seeing kind of the trickle down economics of this quarterback market, because right now you're seeing guys like Daniel Jones get 40 plus million. You're seeing Geno Smith Mm -hmm. get 40 million. You're seeing... Derek Carr get 35 plus million, right? If that's what the next tier down guys are going to make, it's going to explode at some point. And you don't want to, you know, Joe Burrow to be like, you know, I want 5 million a year more than Aaron Rodgers is getting right now, because he is really where the current watermark is in the NFL at 50 point something million a season. We're at that point, $50 million quarterbacks. You don't want to wait for that. And, And I think really, I mean, the numbers probably won't, change too much right if Herbert goes first Hertz maybe signs for a little bit more Burrow maybe signs for a little bit more right all of them are making probably 50 plus million in this next extension and you just don't want to see it get to a messy situation like the one we've seen play out elsewhere that leads to the next question from Mac Huber who asked when do you think Justin Herbert extension will be done and what will it be the Lamar Jackson situation has me a bit worried about it because I know Herbert is a better quarterback than Jackson. So will he ask for a fully guaranteed contract? Thanks, guys. Love the show. 
Thank you, Mac. So I don't understand Lamar Jackson's situation. Um, I, I think the fact that, a, you know, a 26-year-old MVP is out there, even with the way that the last two seasons have ended, with how bad some of the quarterbacks in the NFL are, somebody would be willing to do it. And we'll see, right, because they have a chance to try to sign him, give up two first-round picks for him because he is on that non-exclusive franchise tag going into next year. The The quarterback fully guaranteed contract is something that we haven't heard the end of, right? Because Deshaun, Deshaun Watson messed everything up for everyone, right? Because he was in a situation where he had so many teams bidding for him. I thank God we're not in that situation. I can't imagine having to root for and talk about that dude on the show. But no, when you get that fully guaranteed contract like that, it's something where the rest of the league now, David, you know, may call it collusion, call it what you want. They're not going to want that to keep playing out. Absolutely not, because one of the tools that you have at your disposal to manipulate cap hits is being able to manipulate the contracts to where you don't have to have all of the money being put on the salary cap. It's just not something that you can you can really put up with. And that's why you see all of these teams saying, hey, we're like basically saying we're not doing this guaranteed contract thing. It's just not going to happen. We can't do business that way. And you know, obviously they're not going to want to. I mean, this isn't Major League Baseball, right, where all the contracts are guaranteed. No, there is yeah. ways that you can manipulate the cap and you can you can kind of do things with the contract. That's why this guaranteed contract thing, I think it might be a one-and-done type of situation. And maybe it gets to that point, right? I mean, NFL teams, really every contract should be guaranteed, especially with what all these players are going through. And I get it because they're 53-man rosters. So I understand yeah. owners – who don't become billionaires on accident, right? Are trying to hold off against that like the plague. You're not allowed to collude. Seems like how many teams, especially quarterback needy teams, have been out there saying we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Uh, it feels like something's going on there. And it makes sense for these owners to try to push back on these fully guaranteed contracts. I think at the end of the day, a huge portion of it's going to be guaranteed. And for someone like quarterbacks, like I, I can't see anything Justin Herbert could do in these next few years that would make him not, you know, live out this full contract if it is like a five-year deal, right? Like, you have the guy, you know the skill is there. You're not going to be able to get a quarterback of that caliber. First of all, most teams go years without getting that. Second of all, once you have it, I mean, you're not going to find another top-tier guy, right? With Justin Herbert, you're not be getting top five overall picks or anything like that. So it just makes all the sense in the world, given that, if he wants it fully guaranteed, he'd be fine with me. He's going to get all that money anyways, right? I don't necessarily see it happen like that. But Bill Barnwell did put out a projected contract extension when he was going into what could improve each team in the NFL on ESPN. And he they said this is what the deal would basically be, David. Five years, $251 million extension, which doesn't kick in until 2025. That's the important part, right? Because the Chargers will pick up his fifth-year option. So the extension doesn't start until 2025. So you're going off of that season. Would lock him up through 2029 in this situation. $120 million over the first three seasons, right? That's where he's getting a lot of that cash guaranteed up front. But keeping pretty manageable salary cap hits, which I think is the important thing. I think this is pretty realistic as to what it could be, at least close to this. Yeah, and like this is one of those examples of being able to use the contract to kind of manipulate the cap hit. You know, he has a signing bonus of ten million, basically spread over the <clears throat> the life of the contract. You have a roster bonus uh, built into that as well, and then you're able to keep those cap hits from going to the astronomical level right away. You know, you see in twenty twenty 
23, 22 million, 2024, 34 million. And then it kind of just jumps up from there, 40, 45, 48. So <clears throat> this is when it's know, important structured. to know, too, that the next two seasons are already in stone, right? Right. One year, they're all part of his rookie contract. So the extension money, the reason it jumps up in 2025 is because that's when the extension starts. Right. Absolutely. But I mean, having it uh, kind of, you know, structured this way allows the Chargers to have some wiggle room while accommodating, you know, a monster, monster contract. Yeah. And let's be honest, Justin Herbert's a top four quarterback and he might not even be four. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's probably some semantics up top, man. Any kind of combination of Mahomes, Burrow, of course, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. That's basically, you know, Mahomes in a tier by himself. Sure. Justin Herbert in that next tier down. The Chargers are incredibly fortunate. Give him a blank check. Give him whatever he wants. Get him signed on the dotted line. You don't want to see this drag out. And unfortunately, the Chargers, who have at least, you know, even though Tom Telesco hasn't given out a ton of second contracts to his drafted players, the big-time ones under Telesco have been paid. The Joey Bosa's, Very well. Ian Allen's, the yeah. Derwin James, and they all yeah. got paid at the top of the market, setting resetting the market in the cases of Derwin James and Joey Bosa made the highest-paid players at their position in the league. Highest paid players at their position all time. So he hasn't shown, you know, a hesitancy to do that, right? He hasn't been shy about doing it. But those deals ended up happening, like, on the verge of training yeah, camp. Like, very late. Yeah. The, the biggest difference between Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson's about to be a free agent right now yeah. if they don't get this done. He's a free agent. I mean, now he's tagged. But, like, Justin Herbert, even if they don't do anything right now, will be under contract at least through 2025. Do you want to let it get there? No, you absolutely no. do not. Get it no. done. Give him the pen. Doesn't seem like the type that's not, you know, I don't, he's not going to take a team friendly deal. Let's cut that out. The NFLPA won't let it happen. It just means there's too many different ramifications that come from that. He's going to get set at the top of the market, give it to him. I don't think he's going to fuss very much. Doesn't seem like that type of player. No. And he'll get it done and hopefully be, you know, with the Chargers for his entire career, but at least the immediate future, right? The next five to seven years in this case, get it yeah. done. And no reason to wait because the price is only going up. But, we do have more to get into in this Chargers mailbag. More great questions, including, do we think this is the year Tom Telesco finally trades down? He's never done it. I feel like this year, though, it seems a little bit more likely. Maybe that's just me being hopefully optimistic. And we'll also talk about the do not draft us, a player we do not want to see the Chargers draft with pick 21 in the first round. We're going to get into that. But I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And right now, guys, it's the midway season, midway point of the NBA season. And right now, it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, that means you can lose and still win, which is the best way to lose, is to also be able to make money off of that loss. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, how many threes a player is going to make. And if you really want to get wacky, if you want to go crazy, they have a lot of fun kind of quirky bets as well. You can go with the two by three, two three-pointers made in the first three minutes and multiply your winnings. So make sure you guys download the FanDuel app and don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We have more Chargers mailbag questions to get into, including this one, which I like from K-Man, who asks, what are the chances that you think that Tom Telesco will trade down for the first time for an extra pick in the draft? I really, really like that idea this season. Me too. I love that idea. Do it, Tom. 
if you if you don't mind, David. To me, I think especially you know we're going to talk about this later on. You know, as far as the parts that we don't know about free agency yet and the re-signings that have to happen that'll kind of put more into perspective what the Chargers really, really need going into the draft. But I think when you're looking at pick 21, the no doubt about it prospects probably not going to be there, right? Maybe somebody slides. It's a consensus like top 10, top 15 pick maybe, but more than likely you're going to be stuck with kind of in a amorphous blob of guys that maybe you don't have a first round pick on. Right. And in that scenario, I hope that they tr- they trade down. Tom Telesco hasn't done it. But if you can get another needing what they need, right? Not many starters. You need a lot of depth pieces. You need a lot of quality depth. Getting an extra top 100 pick is something I'd be very intrigued by. Definitely. Obviously, the first thing we got to talk about here is the fact that it's never happened before. Tom Telesco has never traded down ever before uh, as the general traded up of the Chargers. Times. Yes, he has traded up multiple times, but never traded down. Although there's been some comments that have, have come out from him recently that kind of suggest subliminally that it might be a possibility of him trading down this. When he season. was talking about his picks, he said seven or, or eight picks when he was talking at the combine on one radio show. And it was just like, well, why would you let that slip? You know? Yeah. It doesn't seem like, you know, Tom Telesco is not a guy that says things uh, without intention. You know, he's very, very intentional about what he says, but it feels um, usually, like almost that would hurt his leverage. Right. Because like, yeah. you would want anyone you're trading who's trying to trade up with you to think I need to keep this pick. This of pick course. is very important to me. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, everything's smoke and mirrors. And if everything's smoke and mirrors, you can't really take anything to heart. But no, I agree with you, though, honestly. I feel like this is a draft where, especially where you're at at the back end of the first round, there might not be a player that you're just completely enamored with. So if you have an opportunity where somebody really needs to grab a position of need and they need to make that deal, make it. You know, make that deal, trade down, acquire another pick, get yourself another opportunity to grab somebody that can make an impact within that top 100, I think that would be an ideal situation for the Chargers. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of guys you feel pretty good about, but there's yeah. a lot of guys as well where you're looking at it and you're like, I just don't know if I'd pull the trigger on that right. specifically with the 21st overall pick. Like, it's just... You're just it, like, I just don't feel great about it. You know, there's sure. a lot of those guys. Yeah, And a lot of those guys would feel a lot better if they were like the 28th pick absolutely (laughs) something along those lines but that kind of goes to our next voicemail that we have here so let's get into this from kirk in eagle nebraska let's see what he has to say hey this is kirk longtime fan in eagle nebraska i appreciate you guys and what you do i'm a Chargers fan in the heart of chiefs country and an iowa hawkeye fan in the uh, heart of nebraska cornhusker country so Got that going for me. But my question for you is this. Is there any one player in this year's draft that just scares you, that you just you absolutely don't want the Chargers to draft? Um, just be curious what your thoughts are. Anyhow, thanks. Have a great day. That's a tough geographical situation for sure. It kind of reminds me of like Deuce from Vegas, who's called in a bunch of times too. He's now in the middle of Raiders territory, right, as a Chargers fan. I know we have, you know, some, some Broncos country people that are in, you know, Denver that – root for the Chargers as well. Tough situation, right? I mean, I live in San Diego, but no no opposing teams here, obviously. But I think it's a good a good question, David. And really, the only guys we can go off at this point are the guys that we've watched so far. 
Correct. Yeah, we can't sit here and, and give you a full evaluation on all these guys because we haven't watched all these guys. So based off of 57 people that are going to be drafted, this is the guard they better not play. <laughs> exactly. So just based off of the guys that we've watched, I think one of the guys that I really want the Chargers to stay away from is one of the guys we recently reviewed, and that's Lucas Van Ness. Uh, I just feel like he's a guy that has too many kind of red flags for me at the 21th, uh, 21st overall pick. You know, he's a guy that ends on the ground, ends up on the ground way too much for a guy of his size has, you know, has that proto- prototypical size, six foot five, 280. But it, it just, he just seems like he needs to identify blocks better. He's just a guy that would really scare me if, if he was there and the Chargers took him. I, I would not be very happy at all. Yeah, I would say the same for the guys that, you know, will realistically be first round picks, right? Taking yeah. out the Tuli Tuli Pelotus of the world and right. Darnell Washington, maybe he's a first round pick, right? But not talking about those guys. Lucas Van Ness is definitely a guy where I haven't really understood the hype. Yeah. Could say, you know, running back also fits that more positionally, right? What positions you wouldn't want them to take. Feels like corner is not something that need-wise would be a first-round pick, but something that feels very possible from Brains Daily. And depending on who it is, maybe I can get behind it if it's just someone you feel great about. But there are certain positions. Like running back outside of Bijan Robinson is something I don't want to see in the first round. And even that, it's it's hard for me to say take a you know running back in the first round. Safety is not something I want to see them take in the first round, right? So for me, it's more positions. If they take a quarterback in the first round, no, I'm just kidding. But let's get to the next, <laughs> next question here from John Hills, who says, David and Daniel love the show. My son and I listen every day with the challenges the Chargers had running the ball last season, 30th in yards per game, and the success they had in the passing game, 4th in yards per game. Why isn't there more buzz about taking Bijan Robinson? I think it's a couple of things, David. I, I think the main things, though, are, Getting a great running back doesn't automatically make your running game good. Probably, you know, it improves it for sure, but there's so much more to it. And I think the other thing is, too, is how many people think B. John Robinson's making it to the 21st pick. That's That was going to be my first thing is, is there's no there's no, uh, no real reason why you can be confident that he is actually going to be available at the 21st overall pick because he's probably the consensus number one running back in the draft. So I'd have to think so. Yeah. He's a very special, special player. Uh, and also just considering the team needs that the chargers have, if they take a running back in the first round, that would really be considered a luxury pick. And I, I don't sure. know if the chargers are in a position with, you know, the importance of the needs that they have to address that that would be the right move to make. I, I definitely feel like there would be some outrage. I've already said that you definitely have to consider it because he's a guy that could transform things for you on offense, but you know, it's not just him. You got to have the the running, uh, running system set up. You got to have the offensive line dialed in and ready to go to open up holes for you. And also you have to consider who's playing quarterback for you. The chargers are never going to be a 50, 50 balanced team. They are always going to be a pass first team. So I just don't know if that's the best use of your assets taking a running back in the first round. The reason is people don't like taking running backs in the first round as a philosophy, right? So if it's just against your philosophy in general, for sure. I mean, is he a generational type of prospect? He's probably borderline, right? Sure. Like with the Saquon Barkley's and the, you know, Adrian Peterson's other guys who have come out, he's probably in that class. And at the same time, I think we're at the point where you're, you're saying consider it, but you're also not banging on the table to say, hey, no. if Bijan Robinson's on the board, you take him no matter who's around him. Right. Could you make the argument he's the best player on the board at the 21st overall pick? Potentially, right? Depending yeah. on who's there at the time. But I think a lot of it's also how much are you blaming Austin Eckler for the Chargers' bad running game? And for me, I'm not. Like, no. It, it, like, it, it much more comes down to having a consistent offensive line out there, having the same group of guys getting that chemistry out there. 
having better blocking from your tight ends and your wide receivers, both of which were lacking last season. I think there's so many things that go into the running game. I think that's why it's not just an obvious thing. Hey, Chargers 30th in rush yards per game. First of all, they had, you know, some of the fewest attempts in the league last year, not at the very bottom, but they weren't running it nearly as much as they were throwing it. The other thing is, is just one guy doesn't automatically make you a great rushing team. Maybe if you're a quarterback, maybe you go get Anthony Richardson, you're a good rushing team just because, you know, having that at that position. But I think that's why you're not seeing more people just banging their drums and planting their, you know, flag on that hill of take Bijan Robinson, number 21, unless you're Brian Rick, who seems like he uh, he has planted that flag. So we do have more fan (laughs) questions that we want to get into in this Chargers mailbag coming up right after this talking about how the Chargers are going to address the offensive line in free agency, right? And what the draft priorities are at this point, considering we haven't seen who the Chargers are going to resign. We have a great question to open up this year, David, with fan from or fans since 1999, Chino, AKA on Twitter, who asks post combine, what are the realistic draft priorities for the Chargers? Is it still the same or do we have to wait until we re-sign the players that they're going to end up re-signing. So this is a good question, Dave, because that is kind of shouting into a void at some point, you know, yelling about what the needs are and what you're going to draft in the draft because it, it becomes with a certain expectation of who you think the Chargers are going to re-sign, right? Because, hey, right, Trey Pipkins doesn't re-sign. Guess what? You have a gigantic need at right tackle, and now it's like, yeah. okay, maybe the first-round pick is going towards that, right? Unless you're moving Jamari Sawyer over there, you feel like you can get a guard later on to come start there. But doesn't help things out i think post combine if anything the combine showed you hey if you don't get a receiver in round one there's definitely some speed threats out there maybe you can get later on doesn't change really what the chargers needs are at this point uh but i do think that's a great point as far as just not knowing what the biggest needs are at this point because we haven't seen who they're bringing back yet no yeah definitely i think for the combine the combine is just a piece of the puzzle i mean it's just it's one of the the parts of the evaluation but yeah, you don't really know what exactly your needs are going to be immediate needs wise, at least until the free agency dominoes start to fall. Then yeah. your picture is going to start coming into clearer and clearer focus and you'll be able to understand what the priority is. Because like you said, I mean, if Trey walks, then, you know, you got to fill that in. Or Drew Tranquil, right? And there's like... nobody on the roster that can replace that. Drew Tranquil, same situation. There's nobody on the roster that can replace that production. So you have to go do it, whether it's free agency or the draft. But free agency is going to show us what kind of where they're heading and what they're trying to address. And then, you know, we'll know exactly what or we'll know what we think they are going to be taking in the draft because uh, obviously uh, we're not always right about everything. What? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the the funny thing is I got a little lost there when you were talking just because I was thinking, can Jamar Sawyer replace what Trey Pipkins did? Maybe. Maybe. But it opens hey, up maybe. another hole, right? That, yes, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, at least if you sign Trey Pipkins, you know, okay, I have my five starting guys in place. Slide Jamari Sawyer in. Well, what do you think you can replace easier, a tackle or a guard? I mean, that's the I mean, guard is definitely easier. Yeah. I mean, for sure. But at the same time, though, if, you, if you're going to move Jamari Sawyer to right tackle, you could definitely find a cheaper guard and say an Ode Abushi, right? Yeah. Someone like that. But then you're still going to have to find their backups because uh, oh, right course. now at this point, David, the only backup that we know for sure is going to be on the roster this year. Do you know who it is? Brandon, Brandon Hymas. Yeah. Yeah. Which hard to feel great about that, which leads us to bolt up Andrew's question here. And he asks, if you could choose one, would you rather address O-line depth during free agency by signing developed veterans who may be older or from the draft with young guys who are inexperienced 
but can be developed. This is tough, right? Because I mean, if you're, you know, it's going to have to be both because you yeah. don't really feel good about either. But if you had to say one, it would probably be the draft. And I'm not including, you know, Trey Pipkins as someone that you're bringing in as like a, a veteran free agent, right? So right. I'm assuming Trey Pipkins is re-signed at right tackle. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to afford it because you just spent money on a tackle and free agency and Trey Pipkins. The other thing is, is there's just too many spots because right now it's like Foster Sorrell, right? Or Foster Sorrell at yeah. right tackle or as your swing tackle, which is terrifying. Right. And then also, you know, nobody that you feel good about a backup center with Will Clapp out of this, you know, picture now and yep. him having ties to Joe Lombardi, but they also have Brendan Nugent. So it's not necessarily a total divorce from right. what he was doing before, but maybe that doesn't fit, you know, what Kellen Moore wants in his backup. We don't know. I think the best situation is hopefully, you know, if you are going to spend a draft pick on it, if you're going to spend somebody on it, hopefully you get maybe some guard center, you know, versatility there where you can get one guy who can hopefully develop into a guy who can fill multiple roles for you because there's so many question marks. No, that the answer is definitely both. I mean, I think you have to do it but that if way. If you could choose one, David, choosing one is part of the question. All right, Daniel, fine. Well, if I have to choose one, it's definitely going to be through the draft, which I feel like the the concentration of making that a priority of investing in the spine of your team has definitely come to the forefront with Brandon Staley as the head coach. You know, he's drafted guys on the defensive line. He's signed guys on the offensive line, brought guys in for that purpose. I feel like that's going to be something that's going to continue on. Um, and that's what I want to see. So continue drafting guys, continue bringing them in to develop so you can see what you know can come out of that. And we know that, you know, starting left tackle sometimes can be selected in the sixth round. So anything yeah, exactly. can happen there. Yeah, don't hold your breath on any anyone coming close to the value the Chargers are getting out of Jamari Sawyer now, right? Because Ever. that is a true, true home run. And Diamond in the rough right takes, there. That's exactly what that some is. Some medical concerns or something like that. You know, Trey Smith is another guy. You know, medical concerns, goes to the Chiefs and has been outstanding for Balled them. Balled out. Yeah. Yeah, and just super cheap. That's great. Uh, but... I, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it is both, and it's going to have to be both. Maybe it's a combination of, hey, you bring in someone like Ode Abushi, right, and you draft mm -hmm. a backup center who maybe yeah. has some guard flexibility to it. Yep. But that's still a, a dart throw, right? Because, I mean, Brendan Hymas was brought in in a similar situation, too, to try to develop, and he hasn't so far. And that's no. he's a, a really big question mark who they have not been willing to put into games, right? But we do have a voicemail I do want to get into here. A lighter question about some games we're looking forward to in 2023. Let's hear what Atir has for us. Dan, David, this is Atir. Question time. Looking at the schedule next year, give me one road game, one home game that you are excited to play next season. Mind, Bills, and Vikings. Let me hear you, please. Answer time. No, I'm just kidding. I love Atir. <laughs> Never stop calling in Atir. Good question, because we don't know what the schedule is, you know, specifically next year as far as when they're going to play the teams they are going to play but we right. do know the opponents are going to have so let's go home and away here david like a tier is doing and what are the two games you're looking forward to most yeah starting with the home game i think this one's just because my uh all of my in-laws are here in texas and from texas so uh, i think it's a, an easy one for me to pick the cowboys as the home game i'm looking forward to because i would love nothing more than to oh, beat yeah. the cowboys and have bragging rights until the next time they play each other. And then, oh, of course, the, the road game, I think it's just awesome whenever you get a chance to go to Lambeau Field. It's one of those iconic Take type of fields. Day, I mean, yeah, but I mean, hey, man, it's just one of he those iconic two good stadiums. ones, too, right? I mean, yeah, of that's course, another part of it. 
and the Chargers don't ever, you know, they don't get to go there very often. So when they do, it, it's kind of a, a special type of situation. So, yeah, I think those are the two for me. Yeah, I mean, first of all, with the Cowboys, everyone has a Cowboys friend that's annoying, right? And of I mean, course. Kellen Moore, uh, revenge game against Mike McCarthy, a lot of things in storylines to look forward to. Even in the Packers game, right, you have potentially Jordan Love versus Justin Herbert. Yeah. Jordan Love, a.k.a. the uh, – man that a lot of Chargers fans wanted even over Justin Herbert way, way back. We don't have to talk about that. It wasn't me. Uh, I, w- I was a two guy, but I was not a Jordan Love guy. So yeah, same. Um, <laughs> those are good picks. So, I mean, how can you not look forward to the Bills game, right? I oh, mean, yeah. Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert. The two, two rocket arm freakish, quarterbacks. Freakish. Yeah. I mean, not even just rocket arm, just the builds of those dudes and how athletic they are is just incredibly rare. You don't see it very often. And I think that that's, uh, just a showcase of that. And the Vikings, it seems like, you know, the Vikings have had the charge number. If they could pull that For one off. real, man. God. Yeah, and they're in a – it's going to be very interesting to see kind of the coming back to earth of that team who's having to cut a lot of very, very important players as well, right? So, yes, uh, those are both interesting. My wife is like a fake Packers fan, so that has it as well for me. <laughs> she was like a Packers fan before – now she's a Chargers fan. Of course. If I put her on the spot, she'd probably say Chargers. But I tried to be a Packers fan, actually, for a second. Long story. But they won a playoff game. Felt great. They lost a playoff game. I felt nothing, which is, you know, how the Chargers basically won me back is just because of the pain that they inflict after losses <laughs> somehow in some some sicko way. But I do think uh, with those games, though, you're, you're getting – you know, some really, really good storylines. And I mean, just looking at the Chargers schedule, it's going to be a toughie. Oh, yeah. Uh, even a team like the Lions, right? That's a team that, you they're, know, yeah, they're the a Chargers, sneaky good team. They're a team on the rise for and sure. And a team that runs the ball exceptionally well, exceptionally yeah. well, right? Like they're a unit, they're a house in that perspective. So I, I think those are the reasons. And also, you know, Packers. Just to shove it in Blake's dad's face, Donnie. I'm looking at you. I saw you change that profile picture to the Packers. I, you're you're waffling around. I see you out there. We're pick monitoring a, you. Pick a side, buddy. You know you didn't ask any questions today. Full blown Packers fan now. I guess. No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> yeah, a lot of really really good games to look forward to. I mean, the Chargers are going to have to be much better, I think, than they were last season to make the playoffs in 2023. That's right. It's just I mean, I, I you know. Uh, especially, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers could be on the Jets. That's a very, very good team if that happens, right? Raiders, I mean, they're probably coming back down to earth a little bit. I'm not super scared of them. But now you have Sean Payton in the division now, too. Yeah. Plus all of the great quarterbacks because the NFC has nobody, right? Especially if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers leaves and goes to the AFC. Who is the best quarterback in the NFC at that point, right? Geno Smith? No, no. God, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably Dak. Right, Derek yeah. Carr somehow is up there, yeah, right now, like in the back. probably top five. It's a crazy world over there. I'm but a much easier path, I think, to the Super Bowl, especially no you know, with guys like it. Tom Brady bouncing out. I mean, Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah, he's Hurts, probably the right? best. He's yeah. the best. Yeah, best quarterback in the NFC. At least who I would want right now the most. But hey, maybe Lamar Jackson goes to the NFC. Right? Who, yeah, you never know. MVP version of Jalen Hurts in some way. Who you know, Jalen Hurts probably had a decent decent case for it this year as well. Oh, I mean, that 2020 quarterback class, man, if Tua can keep playing, Jordan Love's about to, to get the reins in, in Green Bay, man. That's crazy. Uh, and it's crazy because Phillip Rivers was also in a legendary quarterback class of his own with, you know, uh, 
That's exactly what I was about to say. Eli Manning. It's crazy. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everyone who hit us up at Locked on LAC on Twitter and got your questions in there. Thanks to everyone who called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. The reason we have this show today is because we will not be having a show tomorrow. David Ash is going out of town for a celebration of life coming to San Diego. So some things can't be avoided. Um, and happy that he gets to kind of spend time with his family there. So we will be back with you guys on Monday. If something crazy drops today, the day you guys are hearing this, I'll make sure that I'm on here to cover it in some way, right? But probably going to be back with you guys on Monday with our last free agent primer with all of the moves the Chargers have to make this weekend to get into compliance with the NFL salary cap because right now they're still way over. By then, we should know some restructurings, some cuts. We'll have a much better idea of it. To make sure you don't miss it, though, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And you can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. His DMs are always open. You can also find us at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page as well. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first lesson today. Love always when you guys are saying, hey, you guys are my first lesson. It just really, really keeps us going. But if you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Show with Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. Guys, we're going to have on the show at some point. Providing in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects and finding that sleeper, right, that hidden gem that could change your team's franchise forever. Maybe the Chargers find another one this year. We have to hope so because they need some contributors. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Monday more than likely. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.